0: Syria are fans everywhere. From our nation's capital. This is Cool America.
1: Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. I'm Chris with Marco and Tad, and guys, the season is back. How excited are you guys?
2: Ready for the first weekend of Serie A? Oh my god, I am elated. But not just because this weekend's Serie A games are coming back. Guys, I got some big news. I think I'm going to be a dad <laughs> this weekend. Oh, you, you
0: slip one past the goalie?
2: I was not expecting it to be introduced that way. <laughs> I'm gonna get a. Did you five-hole the goalkeeper? I'm going to get a four-legged fur baby. Uh, uh, it's going to be a little French bulldog, <laughs> and it's going to be named Mia after Mamma Mia.
1: All right. I like that name. Jesus. I was not expecting you to go that way for your being a dad. That's right. Okay.
0: Well, Pepper the podcasting pug apparently has now some competition.
1: Yes, apparently, man. Well,
2: that's great. So is Mia, is it? Yeah, she's arrived already. No, she has not arrived. We're going up to Stevens, Pennsylvania tomorrow after work, picking her up, and uh, really just sneaking her into our apartment building right now because we have all rugs and we don't really pay a pet fee right now. Maybe we will. Who knows? Who's listening right. to this podcast? Yes. And we're moving in a month, so that's that's what's going on.
0: Yeah. So it has to clear medical first. So it has to it has to complete the, uh, the the transfer medical.
2: She already passed the medical with flying flying colors, and uh, she's in good shape.
0: I'll believe it when I see you and her holding a jersey in front of the uh, apartment number outside your apartment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, Marco. So you're going to the great Commonwealth of Pennsylvania this weekend, but you also came from the great state of New Jersey just recently. So, uh, how was my state of New Jersey for you? I think
2: that's the other reason why I'm so excited is that, you know, I I got to see so many Chris's this week. Your spray tan is impeccable, I must say. GTL, baby. (laughs) GTL. And I didn't go to Umberto's, but I did go to Angelo's. So. I guess they're uh, cousins. Yeah, as long as you have an Italian name on on the uh, pizzeria sign, then then you're you're golden.
0: As I learned, if the pizza cracks and snaps when you fold it,
1: now I'm genuinely curious. Best pizza you've had in quite some time?
2: Come on, man! I was I made some homemade pizza last weekend. All right, no,
1: okay, sorry. D.C. takeout versus New Jersey takeout.
2: Depends where you're
1: going, but Uh, I got to say, it was
0: pretty tasty. In D.C., it costs $36 for your own personal pizza. Yeah, that's so true. Guys, man, I'm so pumped. I got my hair cut for the podcast because no one can see me. Um, so, but just just trust me, it's looking great.
1: It is. Tad's looking good. You're also looking good because we've got our first Roma Club DC, Curva DC, coming up on Sunday.
0: Oh, yeah. That's great. Pub's giving away a free beer to everybody. We got all sorts <laughs> of stuff raffling off. It's going to be great. I just committed four quarts to that. Guys, I stepped into the telephone booth and stepped out Shazam, Tad, the podcaster. I'm rocking all my gear. I got my Carhartt shirt on, let everybody know I'm from the Iowa, and I got my... Roma shorts on that uh, Marco and I stripped off of a, of a discarded mannequin in the dumpster outside Roma's practice when we were in Boston. So I got
2: shoes. I got shoes.
0: <laughs> I'm good to go, baby.
1: You guys are clever. Well, I'm happy to report uh, Roma is actually going to be on TV this week, so thank you, in. What do you guys think uh, with all the transfer news? We got Real Mad- Real Madrid TV... We got Neymar now in League Un, which is also on BN Sports. So we it's think, PSG TV. Is now. Is that what you think? What's going to happen? PSG TV now. Yeah. This does not bode well for it's, Syria in general. Yeah. I got
0: 222 million reasons why it's PSG TV now.
2: It's everything but Syria TV. Yeah, that's, it's going to be championship before the Syria. Isn't
0: isn't uh, is it UAE or is it Qatar that owns BN? Oh, it's
1: I don't remember, but it, I well, think if it's, it's UA, Qatar.
0: If it's if it's Qatar, it's PSG TV now. If it's if it's Arab Emirates we're not going to see any PSG because they're having the embargo on Qatar as we speak yeah, so there's some really little real. geopolitical stuff going on there affecting DC our style. tv watching yeah yeah so i mean i, I don't know if it, if it becomes <laughs> psg tv i might start protesting outside the qatar embassy to uh, <laughs> to get that to get more rum again more Syria games in general we got That's we right. got to we got to see more of those napoli games we gotta see those fresh Inter squads. I gotta see my Atalanta, and I gotta watch the flying donkeys race into the top five this year. All right, I like to and hear Cotone it. And to go down.
1: Oof. we'll see. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, let's kick it off. This is our first Syria podcast of this season. We want to remind everybody: we are Curve America. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. All Curve America. All one words. Please find us on there. You can email us at Fabio at You can also find our podcast on the website asroma360.com on the podcast tab. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. We are working on trying to get on a couple of other outlets, but for now, those three you can find us on. Uh, of course, the internet as well. And then,
0: oh, here I come. There you here go, I Ted. Here I come with my fresh haircut. Guys, if you're out there and you're on Apple... Let's, uh, let's go ahead and subscribe, rate, comment, and no matter where you're on, share with your friends. Big shout out to Tony for the nice words he put out there, knocking my mom off of the latest uh, uh, review on the podcast on iTunes. So thanks, Tony. Thank Tony you very much.
1: Umberto's Pizza. We appreciate it. That's, uh, that's our Tony. That's our guy. All right, guys, let's get into it. This is the first rundown of Serie A for the Curve America podcast of the 2017-18 season. This week, we break down all 20 teams and their summer transfer moves and preview the 2017-18 season. Curve Americans will get the knowledge they need to degenerately gamble on Italian soccer. Yeah, yeah, make that money. You're Don't welcome. Don't blame me. We're going to be giving you the kind of insight on the whole table, the way only three guys who have spent the entire summer posing as Serie A clubhouse caretakers could.
0: It's-a me, Tadeo.
1: So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show.
0: Uh Uh-oh, you hear that crack? That's us drinking the shameless plug local beer of the week. This one is DC Browse the Citizen. This smooth, Mm. mmm, Belgium-style pale is brewed in Northeast DC, an area that screams fresh and natural, just like the famous swamp DC was built on. Don't let the delicious taste and misleading citizen name fool you. There still is no path to Citizen by drinking it. DC Browse the Citizen.
1: All right. So we hope everyone can sit back, relax, enjoy. Here we go. We're going to start off first off with Super Italia, which was the big game last weekend to get us started off. Pretty exciting game, Marco. What would you think? Uh, 3-2 finish, uh, OTFR winning this one in the 93rd minute.
2: It was an exciting way to get the year started off. And uh, who would have thought that OTFR, after kind of having a really disappointing end of the season last year, could really start this year off in such with such a bang. And Juve, man, after all the stuff that's been going on in the transfer window, I'll touch on that in a sec. They just uh they really just second final in a row, just just letting it go. Uh and things were looking pretty good for OTFR early on, uh when Chirimabile got two goals, one in the 32nd, he scored a penalty kick, and then one in the 54th minute. Juventus just falling apart all over the place until Dybala scores a sick free kick, finishes off a penalty kick in in the dying minutes. But then it's the youngster, Murja, who just gets it in the last second of the game.
0: Murja with the Maja.
2: Unbelievable. I mean, OTFR, who, who didn't have Keita on the field because of all the transfer rumors, Really, just showed up this game. I mean, again, they were up to nothing, and then Juventus had to c- claw back until they they just they just finish them off at the very last second. So, congratulations to OTFR. OTFR, hate to see you win, but it is kind of nice seeing Juventus not win a trophy once in a while.
1: And just the excitement from the crowd, right? I mean, you saw it. OTFR just went absolutely nuts. The game was in Rome, obviously, the the capital city, so their home fans were home. And uh, it was in their, their own uh, side of the, the field.
0: So, Two things, guys. One, this beer is delicious. And two, OTFR pulled a Juventus. Juventus is always the team that's scoring in the last minute to to, you know, to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat.
1: Yep. I think, ah. uh, uh, you know, for whoever who's not a Juventus fan out there, you might be thinking, first chink in the armor this season. First Benucci, Now we lose Super Copa Italia. Let's jump into it, Marco juventus this summer transfer looking ahead to this season what have you got for us for the number one team in italy juventus
2: well you just touched on some of my big points so i appreciate that chris but Uh, i live to serve really the lots of interesting moves this summer for the old lady and by now everyone should know you know after chris spilled the beans that bonucci pulled the judas and went to milan what when the, did that happen?
1: Yeah, if I'm breaking that news, thank you for listening to the Curve America podcast for your Syrian news.
2: It's called Calcho. <laughs> and it, it just became uh, you know, the it was opening the floodgates to the transfer window. Juventus has made some big moves uh despite losing that big piece in the back. And, uh, you know, these moves included uh, the transfer of Douglas Costa from Bayern, Bernadeschi from Fiorentina, uh, Decilio, uh he comes over and, and goes into the right back. They also officially really brought in Benatia and Cuadrado. And again, like you talk about Juventus, they always bring in big players. And Douglas Costa, for me, is going to be probably one of the most electric players in Serie A next season.
0: Feel the burn is uh, pretty in- interesting for me, Beneditesky. It's a make or break team for him. He either excels and becomes, you know, the the flame baller that we saw in, in spurts at Fiorentina, or we're gonna watch him play in Sampdoria three years from now.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, Schick was supposed to be coming over, didn't pass the medical, so Beneditesky slips right in, and uh, the most recent purchase is. Blaise Matuidi, and he just got confirmed a couple days ago. He just did his medical, uh, so everything good there, and it's it's a deal for about twenty million plus bonus.
1: The only bad thing with Matuidi, Tad, I think you pointed this out on Twitter, looking like he belongs in Jesse and the Rippers with that outfit. Oh
0: man, you see that dude? Yeah. He had the Mojave jacket and the acid wash ripped up <laughs> jeans, man. He's the bass player in Jesse and the Rippers, man. Little known fact.
2: Have well, he,
1: mercy. Have mercy.
2: He may have some uh, weird style, but honestly, this is exactly what Juventus needed because we saw during the summer that they were really looking a bit thin in the midfield, you know, especially considering the fact that Quedida and Marquisio just seem to be made out of porcelain, big injury issues. Yeah. Matuidi brings that box to box style in midfield and he can tackle hard, assist, and score too. And, you know, again, I just think that this is exactly what they needed.
0: You know, I think that you're right. He definitely does bring muscle, but Juventus looking at Milan, you're going to try and steal our thunder. You're going to spend tens of million dollars on a 30-year-old. We're going to spend tens of million dollars on a 30-year-old.
2: That's right. Well, the big questions left in the transfer window have been, you know, really Alexander and and Dybala. So let's talk about Alexandro, He's that left back, probably top four left backs in the world. Chelsea has been after him, all transfer window, and they could really improve with, with Alexandro. Anybody could, maybe except Real Madrid. And at this point, it just seems like it's a bit too late. Uh, there's still some rumors swirling around of Spinazzola coming from Atalanta. Maybe that's adding to the flames of that transfer rumor. Uh, but then the other big one is Dybala. I mean, I read on the Gazeta that Juventus said that they could probably... Not say no to something like 140, 150. Really, who could? But based on Barca's Super Cup performance against Real, you know, I could see them honestly dropping some crazy bills on this, uh, essentially the next big thing in Argentina, uh, you know, even at the very end of the transfer window. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that they don't.
0: What a crazy signing that would be. I just don't see Juventus being a team that's going to, you know, do 150 because they know that Barcelona is just. Has that burn from getting you know Neymar bought out you know, bought out from under them, and you know I mean even so much that they're willing to like drastically overplay pay for Coutinho, I can see Juventus putting him on ice. You know I mean maybe maybe he'll go down some in value, but next year he he's still going to be the biggest transfer option for Barcelona at this late in the season. I think you know Juventus if they sell off uh, if they sell off Dybalo, they're they're basically the saying yeah we don't mind. You know, losing the Serie A title, but also it affects greatly what they want the most. And that's the Champions League crown.
1: I so saw one uh, article on Bleacher Report uh, claiming that Dybala is, quote, incompatible with Messi at Barcelona, which I, you know, that just sounds like transfer rumor crap to me, particularly because they're both Argentinians and going to be playing on the same national team. But uh Chris, you know,
0: you're incompatible with Messi. Dybala is incompatible with nobody.
1: That's I don't understand why Barcelona would come out and say something like that. Uh I, I just don't see that. But it's apparently a, it's the, the, according to the article, they uh Dybala is off their radar for that reason. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah.
0: That's just saving face to the fans.
1: So Juventus loses to OTFR in the Super Italiana after losing Champions League. Are they still an elite team in Europe? Is this their toughest title defense? for Juventus.
2: I think Juventus is is one of the favorites of Serie A still. Maybe not the complete favorite anymore, but I don't think that they will actually end up winning it. Although, I don't think they do themselves a disservice for not winning the league and not going for the title and just maybe focusing on Champions League. I mean, they're head and shoulders above any team in terms of like number of trophies in Serie A history. I just think that they need to add some European silverware. So, my biggest takeaway here is that despite them you know, maybe getting a, like, knocked down a peg, if they were to focus more on Europe, I think that they might actually have some success.
0: There's one X factor to me. It's Buffon's last season. He's already said it. They spent $15 million on his replacement for next year. If Buffon is back there being like Champions League or bust, I have a bazillion Scudetti, or if he's saying treble... I think he's pulling a lot with that, with that team because he's the clear leader. Everyone's going to look to him to see how that team goes. I
1: still feel like uh, since the Benucci thing, man, just, it just feels like there's a chink in the armor. It just feels that way. And I, I think it's an interesting point what you bring up that uh, maybe they just focus on Champions League and don't go for the treble. That's a much more interesting Juventus team. Certainly from a Serie A perspective is, is fascinating for us. Um, but yeah, just they—they they feel off. They feel off in the beginning of the season.
2: But do they really know how to just not win the league? That's yeah, for sure. Right. Two seasons
0: ago, they just sucked at the beginning of the year, and we're all like, "Yeah, that's the end of Juventus." And then they just ripped off a crazy season. So yeah. who knows? I mean, I mean, they have Douglas Costa now.
1: Yeah. yeah. Yep. No, certainly still deep. So with that depth, let's jump to Allegri and uh, him as coach. Do you think that he has a good hold on the Juventus team going into the season?
2: Again, you know, I don't know if it was like just the the weight of expectation last season causing Juventus to kind of crumble in that final. Um, And who knows how that's going to spill into this season. But for me, it seemed like there was some real, real issues in the locker room. And that's something that a coach, you know, at that level should be able to really handle, right? I mean, you know, at this point, you're dealing with so many professionals. Yeah, you have a philosophy on the field. But another big thing is managing personalities. And it just seems strange that you see you hear things about Danny Alves, you hear big things about Bonucci, obviously, now he's gone. Um, You know, just problems throughout the year that I think uh, it just makes me question a little bit what, what's going on in the locker room with Allegri. I do think he's a great tactical coach. So, you know, you, in the end, it's Juventus. An- they're going to keep moving forward. You
0: answered your own question right there, man. Danny Alves, Banucci, those that's the reason why they're gone. You're not selling your central midfielder because he's helping team cohesion. The team is good enough and deep enough to get rid of him. Um, so I think they cut the cancer out in order to have a more cohesive unit to maybe be able to play a little bit more like Napoli and have that kind of free flowing spirit and bring in a couple of big guns. I mean, I think, I think Allegri's got just just fine hold holding the team and other also, I mean, I think Buffon, everyone's going to say rally to him. It's his last season. We're not going to let this, I'm not going to be the guy that has the team fall apart in Buffon's last season.
1: If you're interested in Allegri, uh, Players Tribune had a great first-person article uh, written by him and his uh, perspective on how he approaches coaching. Definitely check that out for all the Juventini out there. All right, guys, let's jump to Roma, our beloved Roma. First, starting with the transfer market with Roma. What did you guys think? How did we do overall?
2: I mean, maybe the fact that we're able to re-sign all three big names in the midfield is probably the biggest takeaway in terms of a positive note for, for Roma this this uh this transfer window. Um I mean this is the kind of loyalty that we we love to see, especially after Totti leaves, you know. I guess he still left some of that residual loyalty in the team. And I'm really happy that they did. Um, the whole summer has been about Mares. You know, like we were able to bring in Moreno, Kolorov, Karsdrop, Under, Defrel, and Pellegrini, which are all great signings. But it really has just been a huge thing about bringing in a big star, and it's just not happening.
1: Honestly, by the end of it, like all of the build-up for Mares, I don't think he could have lived up to it. If we did end up signing him, it was just like if we spent forty million, thirty-five, whatever it was going to be, he wasn't going to be that good of a player for for all the attention that he got on him. So
0: I think this transfer window is a clear-cut showing of the changing of the guard at Roma. Yeah. Francesco Totti is out. It's eventually going to happen. Now it's happening. They can shift focus, and it's Monchi's team now. And what Monchi did, said Rome's not a supermarket. People clowned him for it because what did we do? We sold Mohamed Salah, who is arguably our most lethal weapon. Rudiger, a bright, young center back. Paredes, who, you know, is a talent, really talented player. Maybe his services were all in excess, but made a boatload of dough and he turned around and he spent it on reinforcing with Mourinho, reinforcing with Kolarov who honestly I hate to say it about an XOTFR player ripped it up. Karstrup is an inter- Dutch international. Jengis Under looks like he could be, you know, the next big thing. De Frel who I think we overpaid for but could rip it up and Pellegrini for 10 million. So he sold a lot, bought for a little and I really don't think we're much worse for the wear cuz like Marco said, they got the midfield and they got the capo Cannonietti.
1: Yep. we they need uh, a
0: right wing, though.
1: We do uh, We do have some missing things. I'm still uh, in Munchie's corner for sure. We're playing basically with Sassuolo, guys. Uh, we took a lot, including their head coach with De Francesco. So now that we're kind of Sassuolo and a half, this new Roma team, do we have the depth that will allow us to compete in
2: both Champions League and Serie A for one of the top four spots? I don't think so. Um, I think that Roma right now is a, a bit of a shadow of itself from last season. I think Spalletti was a big reason why we were so good last season. He really got got a lot out of out of the players on the team. And although I do believe in Di Francesco, who did you say that he looked like with those big glasses? <laughs>
1: Squince Paladoris. That's every time I see him now when he's talking in Italian. I just think of Squince Paladoris saying the Sultan of SWAT. And the Champions League
2: and uh, Serie A title is uh, his Wendy Peppercorn. All right. That's from the Sandlot for anybody who's my age. (laughs) And uh, so, again, I just think that, you know, he's he's a great coach. But without having a big superstar who's who's ready for the big moments in there, um, you know, for that flair, it's going to be really tough for Roma to to get that notch on some of the, the smaller teams that like to to, you know, really just park the bus and the only way to break these teams apart sometimes is with some magic, you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah.
0: Yeah. And Salah was that magic and we sucked to see him go and you see him at Liverpool. Now he's just such a great addition for him, but I disagree, Marco. Are we really talking about, I mean, say what you about Rome in the champions league, if they make the quarterfinals hooray, you know, we might as well lift the trophy. They're not going, they're not going past that unless we have some amazing run of form. But a top-four spot for Roma? Absolutely, man. Savio Di Francesco is a guy that took trash Sassuolo to the Europa. I mean, that's a huge accomplishment. Last year, his team was decimated. Once they got back together, he brought them to 12th place out of you know, near-relegation zone. And you look at the team, I mean, big players, we have Dzeko. And I know you're not too high on him, Chris, but, like, the guy scored 30 goals last year. And look at our midfield. We have Nangle on. Everybody and their dog won Nangle on. We have Strutman, another year healthy. DDR is the captain now. We might be a little thin at defense, um, but Kolarov might turn out to be, a, you know, an, an amazing signing. And I think, you know, with the depth with Pellegrini and DeFrel can bring. And honestly, guys... I think that in these Champions League qualify in these early Champions League things, we're going to see something out of Jengus Under. So I think this team, for all that's been put on it, because it's Roma, everybody goes Roma sells off their best players. Roma lost Luciano Spalletti. Roma's trash. I hear everyone saying that they that they're not going to, you know, they're going to have tra- trouble finishing the top four. I still think they're a Scudetto contender.
1: What? Uh, just a follow up question. Did you guys feel more confident going into last season when we started this thing, or more confident this season?
0: That's a good question, because I didn't really feel confident last season going into it. I felt more confident last season.
1: I'm with Marco. I felt a lot more confident with Spalletti at the helm. I guess we still had Totti, but but there were less question no, marks for me last for time.
0: Sure. Actually, last year, no, I, I tend to agree. I, you know, I was really high on Mohamed Salah going into last season. Yep. Um, the other thing about that, though, is we've seen what Napoli can do, mm-hmm. and we're seeing Luciano Spalletti on Inter, which everyone's kind of saying they're a coach away, and we've seen Milan you know, spend all that money, so there's more competition. So, I mean, obviously, you got to be more excited last year because Rome was a clear-cut top-three team last year.
1: I agree. So Roma's got their work cut out for them early in the season here. We've got Atalanta up first. And then I think we have Inter in the second uh, game of the season. So uh, Atalanta-Roma, draw. All right. We'll see.
0: I'm going to give my prediction because I have Atalanta. Oh, in the Atalanta section. Okay. I'm going to give my prediction in the Atalanta section. Hey, sorry, guys. It's been a while since we podcast podcasted <laughs> together. I was starting to think that Marco Palmieri and like Mike Piazza were my co-hosts. Yeah.
1: Let's, uh, let's keep rolling, guys. Let's go to Napoli. No news is good news for the Napolitan, holding on to everyone throughout the summer. Big transfer news? Not really. They're all intact. Got to start with the forwards, guys. Milik, Mertens, Insigne. Tad, your favorite word to say?
0: halle All intact
1: up front hamsick my punk rock harry potter oh that's good
0: punk rock harry potter gotta see him with those glasses
1: guys (laughs) jaccarini Jorginho. um you know they all got these guys still and they beefed up their defense with mario mario unas i know i'm saying that wrong maximovich plus podcast favorites of gulam or golem lord of the rings and usai both back looking forward to pronouncing those names all season Team looks pretty satis- uh, unified, guys. As as unified as the 50,000 fans at the San Paolo for Champions League, the qualifier. Did you guys see any of that highlight uh, this week? I did. I did. They waxed them out. And, they uh, took
0: care of business, man. Yep. Yeah.
1: Super loud. I mean, 50,000 people in San Paolo. That's pretty impressive for for an Italian soccer team, for sure. And apparently, our own Pepper the Podcasting Parts No Pay fan was there, Tad. Any comments on that?
0: Unfortunately, Pepper has broken my heart this summer. <laughs> I found out that he is indeed a Napoli fan. So the Derby Della sued is going to be a ferocious affair in here.
1: Tough tough for the household.
0: It's it's really quite ter- terrible, um, and I don't really wish to comment on any more, but I will <laughs> confirm Yes, Pepper is a Napoli fan.
1: All right. Just just sound downtrodden after breaking that knee. He looks
0: ridiculous in that skin-tight jersey, though. And <laughs> yeah, I got to right. wash it every time. You got him he the yellow like one? completely covered in hair. Yeah.
1: So you got the the yellow Napoli jersey for Pepper. All right. Can't wait to see that. Um, but yeah, guys. The San Paolo was rocking this week. 2 Uh Finished. Sorry after the game. We did the best we could at this stage of the season, but lacked some sharpness and goal, which to me is an understatement. They missed a couple gimmies in this game, but it is the first big game of the season. For me, guys, Napoli, if they're humbling on all cylinders, they are the most dangerous team in Serie A heading into the season. I think they are the best team in Serie A for me.
0: Whereas every other team that's trying to vie for the Scudetto this year is adding big names or this big piece is moving. Basically, throughout all that and all that drama, Sarri basically has. The, uh, the 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 Napoli team like Ivan Drago and Rocky Four in the montage, you know, like they're just they're just training to absolute perfection. And we saw their their training session where they have drones and stuff in there yeah. to like help them figure out their positioning and whatnot. I mean, this team is ridiculous. I like I, I fear them as well because I mean, when Roma plays Napoli, I'm gonna make Pepper wear that old Terzo that's a camouflage jersey because I don't even <laughs> want to see him.
2: <laughs> There's only a one little thing that that worries me about Napoli. And uh, actually, it's it's somewhat alleviated by the fact that they didn't lose um, Koulibaly this summer, or at least not yet. Uh, and it's kind of weird that we haven't even seen any big offers for him. Their center backs right now, you know, between Albiol, Koulibaly, and Chiriches, um, I guess they do have Maksimovic as well, right? It's just it's the only place that i see a little bit of an issue because yeah we know that their midfielders and their forwards are are awesome and they have like uh you know a lot of depth in those positions but even last season i guess their their biggest weakness was in the back and i would have liked to see maybe a little bit more reinforcement in that area but at the same time you know another season under their belt so maybe they'll, they'll be even better even them
0: two biggest weaknesses for me with napoli is one they're putting a whole lot Andre Mertens and Insigne to repeat the best seasons they've ever had. And two, injury. couple key injuries, and this team could drop like a stone.
1: All right. We'll see. Let's jump to the biggest news for Serie A out of the summer. Had to be, guys, our number four team is AC Milan. Ted, tell us about their epic transfer market this summer.
0: Now, AC Milan spent that Neymar money on a bunch of high-priced talent. Also, Fabio Barini and Donnarumma's brother. Yeah. You know their biggest transfers—they have to be Banucci and Andre Silva. They add one of the top five center backs in the world and take it away from a direct rival for the Serie A. Andrea Silva—I mean, how can you not be a fan of him? His biggest fan is Cristiano Ronaldo, and Cristiano Ronaldo's biggest fan is Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's a that's a huge huge signing for them. You know, they they poach uh, Conte, which I think it, Conte is great, but. Uh, uh, Conti, they, they got Frank Kessie, you know, they, they burst their defense with uh, uh, Mustacchio and Rodriguez. I mean, everybody knows the story. The big thing is they still need a striker. And it looks like they're going to get Kalinich, and Kalinich is straight fire.
2: Yeah, and to add on to Andre Silva, not only being, you know, the Cristiano Ronaldo part two here, he scores a couple goals in the Europa League today just to show that, you know, and I think I saw a stat in there that, He's the first number nine since Pippo Inzaghi to score a brace. So it's like this, like, I know they're still looking for a big striker, but Andre Silva is the future. Well, and and
0: the future for them is also Donnarumma, who they actually ended up keeping as well. so. So
2: they're young, they're strong, they're reinforced. And honestly, I think that you walk around with a chip on your shoulder when you know that, you know, your team is splashing the cash you're your you're the upper management splashing the cash and has that faith that you're going to be making big moves this this year on the in the table right i mean you're going to be walking around with your head how high oh look milan's back and let's not forget they have the history
1: yep they had a big result in their uh europa qualifier today won six nothing uh against the look uh milan team with black and red wow. so looking good, good there them. yeah But uh, all points uh, moving forward for them. They've spent a ton of money on their uh, team. Can't deny that. But the guy at the the helm, Montella, can he bring a team with so many new faces into Champions League contention this season?
0: Well, outside of the players, Milan have put an immense amount of pressure from the front office uh, onto the field in terms of expectations for Montella. Just like uh, uh, Inter in past seasons, you know they're swinging for the fences and telling their fans that they don't need to wait another second for the big Milan ter- return to glory. Remember, this was the last non-Juventus Serie A champion when they won the treble in 2010. So in some respects, Milan front office is saying that they're not only in the champ is the Champions League their goal, but they're expecting a title challenge. But for me, guys, Montella just isn't the guy guy to provide that for them i don't really think he has a clue if they aren't in the top four from you know week four five or six onward dude he's out like a white house press secretary he's probably gone by the break
1: (laughs) all right uh so gone by the break they've got an epic game against the crouton nation this uh upcoming weekend Crotone milan tad what's gonna go on
0: man if there ever was a must-win game for a team in week one this is it Milan not only have to beat Cretone, but they have to do it convincingly, a draw or gasp, a loss to Chris's, you know, dearly, dear Pythagorici. The pressure will already start rising, and Montella better start translating that resume that he has into Russian because his ass is going to be headed to Siberia. Um, And he'll probably want to go because, you know, he'll be on the hook to that Chinese gangster money, and Milan fans will be gathering outside his house like they're showing a leaked episode of Game of Thrones.
2: But it's not gonna happen because Milan is just strolling right now. And again, they still they still got they know that their management is going out for a little bit more this transfer window. Everybody's kind of thinking I gotta work for my position right now because anybody big could come in right now. We got a lot of depth on our team. Even the youngsters are pressing the 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 older heads for their position. So. I think that the Milan squad this year is going to be just in, in good shape, not to mention Crotone this season. Yeah, we'll gonna, talk about it gonna later. They're
0: going to thrash Crotone. Yeah. At the end of that, I meant to say they're going to thrash Crotone.
2: Forza Crotones.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, let's keep going across town to Internazionale. That's looking an awful lot like Fiorentina here, Marco. What did Inter do this summer break?
2: Well, I'll talk about that in a second, but I think one of the biggest things to pull out of this transfer window is that, hey guys, let's not forget about Inter. You know, they bring in Spalletti from Roma, which to me is probably the biggest move they made. Agreed. But then they almost coined this thing, the Parisic model, right? You know, like nowadays you think that money just gets thrown around and teams have their hands tied behind their back when uh, Inter just goes, no way, Jose. Manu, you are not getting Perisic. Despite this crazy, crazy transfer window, it looks like Inter is holding off on pushing out Perisic to Manu, and that is good news for the Inter fans because Perisic was one of their more dangerous players last season. Also, a couple big players coming in: Borja Valero, who, by the way, Tad, I don't know if you saw the video, but he cut his beard off. Looking from, look like, he used to look like Kratos from God of War, and now he kind of looks like uh Zinedine Zidane, trying to get that winning fortune. What do you think about that beard coming off? Love, love a good beard.
0: Well, as Daniele Derosi told me, you need to be more worried about your beard than your hair, and the other thing I have to say about that is, you know how you cut your beard like a man? You don't. You don't cut your beard. Well, he
2: doesn't have to worry about his hair, because he doesn't have any, so... uh Right now, it looks like one of the biggest uh, transfer news for, for Inter is Schick. You know, he did fail that that medical at Juventus. Unfortunately, he had some medical issues, a heart problem. Uh, but now he, he got cleared, and it looks like he may be moving over to Inter, which is just an absolute great option for them.
0: That's a coup for them.
2: Let's also say, you know, also the parasites model. Let's talk about That You know, Chelsea's been trying to get him to, and... It looks like this, these Inter owners, they're just saying, no. Nah. Like, we got Spalletti now. We, he's going to make the most of the squad we got here. I
0: think that's a Spalletti thing, keeping Candreva. I yeah. mean, I don't really think there's much money that Chelsea could offered. He loves that he has the, you know, the old Roman captain. I mean, Candreva coming Inter is a huge thing. They have the leadership in him, and Spalletti probably values that more than anything else.
2: I agree with that.
1: Pulling for Schick as well. Uh, really hope he does big things. I got to think he's got a huge chip on his shoulder against Juventus after everything that went down this summer. Number one, I hope his health is okay. But boy, I would love to pick him up even for Roma. Just just I think he's got everything to prove for himself this season.
0: Well, it looks like Spalletti's also cutting some dead weight with Medel to Be- uh, uh, Besiktas and Kongdobia, who's just underperformed there looking out the door, and they're going to get some money for him, so Spalletti, doing what Spalletti does.
2: I'm I'm tearing up a little bit, though, because, I mean, even though I am getting my French Bulldog this weekend, I guess I'm losing my pit bull in Medel from my Inter. I love that guy, the way he plays.
1: So quickly, guys, Spalletti, he's
2: at the helm at Inter. Does he make him a title contender this year? Yeah, I mean, title contender is, is, is a stretch, but I, I will say that, he has allowed them to slip into that top 3 top 4 uh for me even after such a wild season last year spalletti's just good with players and quite frankly they've just held on to a bunch of them and so spalletti just comes in and he's good moving the system around i like the way he you know he manages players my only question with with spalletti is you know, is he going to keep developing some of the younger players like a Gagliardini? You know, I know he likes his veterans, um, but Gallardini is a youngster that I would consider part of this golden age of youngsters for Italy. I'm really hoping that Spalletti keeps him as a starter in there. Um, Cause again, you know, this is one of the big things for Inter that always seems to have, you know, a ton of foreigners just revolving through yeah. this revolving door. Uh, I want to see some young Italian prospects in there too.
0: The one thing that I'll say about this as well, like Gagliardini, I, I agree with you completely on that, and I think Spalletti is going to develop him even though he's young. One thing I keep on saying, man. Look what Spalletti did with Edin Dzeko, yeah. and now he has Mauro Icardi. And Mauro Icardi, I'm sorry, I love Edin and Dzeko, and he's Capocannoniere last year. Mauro Icardi, the ceiling is blown off the roof for him. I'm more excited about seeing what Spalletti does with uh, Mauro Icardi than I'm excited excited to see how fast Mauro Icardi starts getting face tattoos.
2: Yeah, he also just got called up to the national team, and who was left out? Yeah, Catboy
0: hey, G. Ouch.
1: Let's do the, one more, guys. Uh, Fiorentina, just because they're so so interrelated with Inter here. Um, Got to start with the question with Fiorentina. Who did Inter not take from Fiorentina's midfield? You have Vicino, Borja Valero, and uh, Dortmund's Emre Moore, who was a target that Inter potentially usurped from Fiorentina here, but um, I saw I read yesterday that might not go through. Yeah, that one fell through, I think. So. Um, but if you're a Fiorentina fan this summer you're begging your club to start acting like Aaron Rodgers here find yourself a soccer player and start courting them Nothing Aaron Rodgers guy's dating Mary Margulius. What? You come on you got to get in on the pop culture She's a former pro women soccer player she's out with Aaron Rodgers
0: Dude I'm still heartbroken from uh, uh, what's her face the Olivia Munn Olivia Munn
1: that's the rebound yeah That's I mean, that's his big news I would
0: be shattered after Olivia Munn, the only thing that'd be able to save me is my wonderful and beautiful wife, Leslie. Good
1: save. Good save. <laughs> All right. Uh, I actually
0: but, did date Olivia Munn and then found <laughs> Leslie and upgraded. There you go. I love you, sweetheart. Even
1: better. Even better. All but, right. guys, just as the transfer window is coming to a close, La Viola kind of delivers. You've got Genoa's Giovanni Simeone. Neither he or his dad, Diego. Yes, that Diego. Didn't go to Inter after a lot. We were chasing that rumor for half of last season. So you got to be excited for Simeone's Simeone's arrival in Florence. Benassi from Torino was another solid pickup for them late in the transfer market here. And I just want to bring everyone's attention. If you're looking to get into La Viola and Fiorentina... Our, our uh, friends over at Viola uh, Nation there on SB Nation, uh, they got an article on the new captain role for Davide story. Uh, they really need big things for him back in the defense for the club to do things.
0: Viola Nation is
2: a great Twitter follow.
1: Yeah, yeah. They do uh, good, funny stuff there on, uh, on Twitter as well.
2: So, I have to say something about Giovanni Simeone, man. You punk... Leaving my my newly acquired Genoa. By the way, we should say that you know we are all developing specialties this year on uh, uh, on a bunch of the teams. It's like six or seven teams. Uh, you know, obviously you can't divide twenty by three. So, so Genoa is one of my teams, and Giovanni Simeone. I was telling, would you? I was texting you guys earlier this week. be like, guys, Genoa this week. Be careful. And then the next day, Simeone goes to Fiorentina. So yeah. like, great. Yep. Still have nice jerseys.
1: Thank you. Thank you for uh, the pickup there, Marco. Fiorentina is one of my teams. Um, I haven't been talking about week one uh, too much yet, guys, but I will just mention this one because Inter plays Fiorentina in week one. That's a bit of a grudge match. You got – it's up in Milan, but uh, these two teams like Fiorentina, they they haven't done much in this transfer market except for these two recent acquires. Um I don't know. I think if you're going to go up to Milan with a chip on your shoulder, maybe they make some noise against Inter, and that, that's just an exciting game I would look to watch.
0: Guys, the three best things that Fiorentina have done in this offseason. One, four different away kits, although that might really hurt my wallet because I'm not a huge Fiorentina fan, but those four away kits are awesome.
1: Calcio Storico.
0: Two, Vicino for $25 million. Yeah, Take that money. And three, Simeone. Simeone was a heck of a pickup. Do you realize they got Simeone for less than Roma played for Defrel? They got a guy who plays the same position, who's younger and better.
1: Yep, yep. So maybe that save
0: their transfer window. Yeah, take that into better. I don't know about that
1: one. (laughs) All right, guys, let's take a quick break and finish off the rest of the league.
0: This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs ranging from just one chair to million square foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair.
1: Up next, OTFR, the other team from Rome. Tad, what did OTFR do this transfer market?
0: So, like Marco said, we're assigning teams to become experts on, and apparently, yeah, you did guys hate short
2: end Tad of the stick. Picked. O-T-F-R. No chance he
1: picked it. He, no way. he drew the lot for OTFR. Sorry, buddy. I
0: have twice as many Roma tattoos as you do. <laughs> uh, you know, this year OTFR has to play in Europe in the Syria, uh, and they opened up their campaign by beating OTFR, sorry, beating Juve for a trophy. Uh, you yeah, know, the big transfers they did this summer is they actually they lost their captain, Biglia, to Milan. That's a huge loss. Uh, but they replaced him with a pretty decent signing, Lucas Lieva. Uh, you know, who's a veteran. He's had some health, you know, some injury problems in the past. As long as he can stay healthy, that's a helpful replacement and somebody that should do pretty well. Kate Balda is the big one. Seems like he's told OTFR he doesn't want to go anywhere but Juve, but Juve doesn't want him anymore. I really think it's, it's tough that, to see him stain.
1: Yeah, that drama after Supercopa, man, it got ugly.
0: At OTFR at this point, and, you know, he's arguably their best player. So what's my season prediction, you ask, Chris? You know, this team is very much in the same situation as Napoli. I mean, they lost their captain, but they found a veteran replacement. So we can say not much of a loss there. Most likely, they'll lose Keita Balde and uh, Wesley Hote, but it looks like Devry will sign an extension. So they're, they're pretty good in the back. But, you know, just like Sarri, Nzagi gets to keep his 3-5-2, and they'll have some awesome weapons with Felipe Anderson and Immobile up top. They have veterans in the midfield with new captain Ratlitch, uh, Lieva, and, and Marco Parlolo's dope. Uh, the def- defense is young and skilled, um, you know, but they have a little veteran le- leadership with Radu. But for me, the most exciting part of the season will be the continued development of 23-year-old Serbian Milinkovic Savic. He was a dangerous player with seven goals and 10 assists against all competitions last year and elected to stay in the Serie A. I mean, he's got the tools for him to break out this year like a Primavera's player's face.
2: Big time player, and I completely agree that he's probably one of the more exciting uh, youth players in the league right now. Keita Balde, man, I just want to see what happens with this guy, you yeah. know. And obviously, they don't necessarily need him; they could definitely use him. Uh, but they just beat Juventus, so uh, you know, it seems like maybe he. Would not, you know, they might with the money that they would make off him, maybe they'd be able to pick up somebody or balance their books a little bit. But OTFR, very interesting team for this for this year. Hopefully, they can keep the uh off the field stuff from last season, keep it off the uh, hopefully, all of Syria can keep, keep that, keep everything out of there. Well, yeah, according
0: to Donald Trump, it will be equally bad on both sides. Yeah, right.
1: So, yeah, interesting strategy from OTFR with uh. Uh, trying to keep Keta out of the game. Maybe Juve forgets him in Super Copa. So they, I, I just I didn't understand it. He's very upset about it. I think you're right, Tad. He's going to leave. Big question for OTFR Can they repeat last year's successes of a top five finish and get a deep run in the Copa Italia as well as the Europa League?
0: No. Nah, I mean, they're nowhere deep enough, and their rivals have added too many weapons. Yeah, you know, they'll be looking at the Milan teams in Inter and, and Milan like Jon Snow looks at the White Walkers. You know, but they ain't no Dragonstone but, and no smoking uh, milf of dragons. Yeah, milf of dragons that can come to their rescue. Their only shot is maybe you know this early season silverware has taught them how to win big games that don't involve playing Roma in the Derby.
1: Ooh, you heard it here first. All right. Keep rolling, guys. I've seen
0: the Night King.
1: (laughs) You haven't. Let's go, guys. We're going to go up to the boys of Bergamo now in Atalanta. Tad, another one of yours. What did they do this transfer market?
0: I mean, the question for Atalanta, you know, the question regarding Atalanta seems to have shifted from are they for real in the 2016-17 campaign to was it all a fluke in the 2017-18 campaign? I mean, guys... They lost Conti and Cassi, but they've got some interesting additions with uh, Timothy Castagne from Ghent. He's a under twenty one international from Belgium who plays in the back. Ricardo Ocelini, who's on loan from Juve, uh, you know, who's a super promising talent. He's one of these next generation stars. And Ilicic from Fiorentina.
2: Ilicic. was it all a fluke? Hmm, that's a little rough. It's a little, it's a little, uh, little harsh, I'd say, just because. You know they were just such a young team. They had such a good season, and then they got completely dismembered by by the bigger teams. But I mean, not really. They really only lost Cassie and Conti, and Gallardini was at the. But Gaierdini had to mean the like they had a rush after. They might lose Spinazzola soon. And lose to... Spinazzola.
1: So, guys, where does Atalanta go after their Cinderella season last
0: year? Look, we all know they lost Kessie and Conti. We all know that the Serie A now has tape on them. You know, are they going to bomb it out like a Kim Jong Un wet dream? Not at the same level. They have a lot of soccer to play this year in three competitions, and they have to lay it on the line to get to the same point last year. But they seem to be modeling what they did last year. They replaced Conti with a young Gamble and Tiff- Timothy Castagne, and they added another young stud in one of Italy's brightest next geners in Ricky Orsolini. Or Salini, the little bear. They have Matteo. Wait, do you hear the phone ringing? I'm expecting a call from Juve anytime now. Caldera. They have the only Brian in Serie Cristante. And maybe this year he'll rip-ish up, Petenya. Look, if they stay healthy, they're a top 10 and will play extremely entertaining games against the big clubs. If they don't stay healthy, they're Sassuolo.
1: Hopefully to reverse that trend. Can they contend for Europe again?
0: Highly unlikely unless Castagna and Orselini are the next county in Kessie. Their starting 11 should be contet- uh, competitive with Fueller and Toloy contributing as well, but they're thin.
1: Okay, guys, so Atalanta's got a big test with Roma first week. Looking forward to that game. Let's keep rolling, guys, to Torino. Torino's biggest success to date, President Cairo holding on to the club's prized possession, Mr. Belotti. Torino holding on to Il Gallo. Harder than Daniel Craig on the James Bond franchise. Just one more go-round, plus a $100 million deal. Please we and thank want you. want
2: Idris.
0: I mean, I'll take Daniel Craig for one more for $100 million. For $100 million? But yeah. yeah, then I want Idris.
1: There you go. So, big money, big spenders. You got to get, get to Torino in order for him to leave. So, biggest transfer news that actually happened. Guys, we're Roma fans. Sadiq. Only because we met him and he was such a character at that that thing that we met him at, um, lankiest
2: thing I've seen since. Oh my god,
1: my brother. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he's a giraffe. Yeah, and Marco dapped him up.
1: Wish, wish him well with uh, the Torino Bulls. Uh, he he was a funny guy, so hopefully he he scores a lot of goals for for Torino this year. The other big one I'd say would be Thomas Rincón from Juventus and the crosstown rivalry loan. It's it's just always a vexing one for me, right? I mean, what Juventus just going to loan out a player to? the the derby I I don't know that
0: shows how little respect right. Juventus has for right? Torino I
1: mean that I just yeah it's because
0: he rots on Juventus's bench but he's an impact player on Torino
2: yeah they yeah. they just put him outside the the door and then they just ask Torino take out the trash <laughs> ding dong and then run away
1: well I'm I'm with the team bulls there so hopefully uh, Rincon and, and Sadiq do big things for for uh, the real I actually like team.
2: Rincon
0: yeah. yeah so do I he's good
1: so, guys, what will be the first game in which President Cairo rides the enormous bull this season at the stadium?
0: Game one, Bologna versus Torino. No way, man. <laughs> this is my
2: squad. Bologna, another one of my teams, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll give you the breakdown soon.
1: All right. All right. Well, regardless, we're looking forward to it. President Cairo, we know he listens. Hopefully, uh, he'll, he'll ride the bull soon.
0: Hey, man, they keep Bologna. They got to be happy.
1: Absolutely. I think you got to be happy with the transfer market. All right, up next is Sampdoria. We're up in Genoa now. Summer transfer market. What did Sampdoria do?
0: Well, first of all, everyone, hey, look, it's mid-table Sampdoria acting all mid-tabley again. That look, sounds
2: about right. mid tablers
0: The biggest transfer things. I mean, they they lost some players. They they lost Luis Muriel to Sevilla, the babyface assassin, the babyface killer. I'm gonna have. Miss saying that guy's name, Bruno mm-hmm. Fernandez, Sporting Lisbon, and and Skriniar to enter, which they sold Scrinier for a gazillion bucks. Who have, you know, I guess he's young and good ish. Um, but their big pick up was they got uh, Caprari in from Milan, uh, who played if you ever remember played at Pescara for the past two seasons. So you know they they a lot went out and a little came in.
1: So we, we mentioned Patrick before. Uh, this is a little clever play on words here. Will anyone give a shick? If Patrick jumps ship,
0: ooh, that's good. Well written, Tad. <laughs> Pat my back. You know, Syria teams are right now are basically looking like an episode of The Bachelor. They're all holding a rose, waiting to see what Schick will do in the future. You know, with his irregularly beating heart, um, but it looks like he isn't going to force a move, and maybe, just maybe. Samp will decide not to sell and ride this magical year unicorn to an earth shattering eighth or ninth place finish. Yeah. Look, I mean, this team's going to play tough. You can't overlook Samp because, you know, they have a decent coach and Doug Dean lookalike, Marco Giampolo, and they play like they're defending the honor of Genoa. They have Wiley veteran and giggity goal scoring Fabio quaggs Quagliarella. They have the human aperitivo drink now in Gianluca Caprari and his 26 goals in the last two seasons at Pescara to fill that babyface killer void. They replaced the most overpriced defender in the Serie A, Skriniar, with my sleeper signing of the year from Calgary 23-year-old uh, Nicolo Count Mouru. Um and Basically, what they paid for Muru is the change Inter dropped on the ground after handing over $25 million for Skriniar. And they have Jesus' high school classmate in goal with Christian the Puj Pugione, I haven't even mentioned who I'm looking more forward to most on this season. That would be central midfielder and Uruguayan porn sensation, Lucas Torreira. You know, hang the DJ who's a listener. May hate them, but they might just be that team that Napoli overlooks on a Champions League that costs Napoli the Scudetto. They're pretty dangerous.
1: All right. Let's keep going. Let's stay in Genoa, actually, with the city namesake here. Genoa. Marco, this is one of your teams. And you've got big news about Simeone.
2: <laughs> yeah, Thanks again for the... Uh, <laughs> Anytime. For the spoiler alert. But it's bye-bye Gio Simeone. And look, even though they had a terrible season last, last year, um, Gio Simeone was a light in the darkness, and now he's gone. Um, look, the New Jersey's on point, and I'm not talking about the state that you're from, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you know, So red shorts and the, the dark blue top with gold lettering? you yeah. goes look,
1: well with dreadlocks
0: it's gonna look great in the Serie B next year looking uh,
2: yeah. super crispy uh, they just actually beat Cesena in Copa Italia two to one so uh, next up croutons here we go that'll be
0: a slobber knocker.
2: honestly I think that Genoa this season I was you know you, you look at their lineup uh, it's it's okay it's uh, they're they're gonna be they're gonna be solid I think they're not gonna be getting relegated or anything like that this is like a way way ahead of myself type prediction. But, you know, maybe it's just that fresh new look that they need and uh, a new season is a clean slate. They lost Gio, but big moves with Gianluca Lapadula coming over from Milan. And honestly, Bertolacci also coming from Milan. He was a young talent up until probably like a, a year or so ago. The
0: second he put on a Roma jersey or thought about it.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, a couple of good players came in for, for Genoa, but overall, um, you know where you know where they're going to end up.
1: Yep, definitely agree. The uh, new, I, I don't know if it's the third kid or not, but their jersey that we saw on social media, it's really sharp. Good-looking jersey. And you're right, Marco. They've got Crotone next, which, believe it or not, I took as one of my teams for this season. Crotone's still riding high from the surviving last season. On the last day, over OTFR, they should just walk out every single game to the BG staying alive for the rest yeah. of their time in Serie A. Yeah, that's one of the
0: best songs ever. <laughs>
1: yeah. But Crouton Nation survives, at least for now. They had big losses, filling their coffers a little bit, I guess, with the with these losses, but honestly, not really from what I saw. They didn't make a lot of money here. Falcinelli's up at Sassuolo. Rossi went to Genoa. Trota got uh, loaned out. Sassuolo's got him, but he's going to stay in Crotone on loan. And their biggest addition is Craggle, which is just going to be fun to say, but I don't have much more on them beyond that.
0: Craggle.
1: Um, so if anyone needs to become the Moneyball story of Serie A with like the Oakland A's Brad Pitt movie, it's got to be Crotone. Finding diamonds in the rough, making them uh, play well, and then selling them for, for big money. That's how they're going to continue to stay up. Um, I'd say their two goals for this season, at least the first half. Number one, keep building on last year's momentum. Any given Sunday mentality. Hey, look, man, they beat Inter. <laughs> they, they, they beat some big teams at the end of last season that maybe they can beat anybody. Hopefully that mentality stays. And then number two, keep building their fan base. Here in the U.S., Crouton Club D.C. is a nation of one. Maybe we can make more on that. Cruton Nation, the official supporters club in the, in the United States of America. All right, so there's Crouton Nation. Let's jump over to Cagliari. Oh, my favorite word i got to keep saying. Tad, that's another one of yours. Go ahead.
0: Not bad business for Cagliari in the summer, and it has them wanting to add more bodies to the pit of naked writhing creatures and give Marco Borello an even bigger pitchfork. But face it, he doesn't need a bigger pitchfork. He already has a huge pitchfork. I drew Cagliari this year, so everyone get at me for... Whatever color underwear Marco Boriello is wearing in each day. Psych, trick question. He doesn't wear underwear. Um, you know, the biggest transfers, they re signed Boriello. Uh, they got some young guys in the back uh, Sena Miangu, Marco Andreoli from Inter, and Filippo Romagne from Juve. You know, can on build on last year's success and reestablish themselves in the Serie A until the new stadium is built? Yes. Um, while they did lose Count Muru, they replaced him with Miangu, so another young player with potential. They lost Bruno Alves, but Bruno Alves sucks so bad he was permanently banned from the pit. Uh, they actually upgraded on D. But yeah, uh, uh, potentially they upgraded with the acquisitions of Adrioli and Romagne, who calorie made their highest price signing from Juventus. While they, needed to do, while they needed to get better on D and, and forcing Bruno Alves to take the black and go north of the wall to the Grasgow Rangers helped a lot, their attack is pretty much intact with Sal, Joe and Joe Pedro still around, and Borrello making sure he maintains his noble right of prima Nocte on the island for another year. It will also be exciting to see the continued development of 20-year-old Niccolo Barrella. Um, you know, he's going to continue to gain experience down the right side in Rastelli's Christmas tree formations, you know, honestly, guys, their losses don't hurt them more than their gains. They're going to get it waxed out next week, but I think they could, you know, achieve their 12th place finish again.
1: Up next, we got Sess Tan Tad, another one of yours. Man, yeah, you got a maybe, bunch in I, a row. I was
0: going to say, man, I'm tired of hearing me talk. These guys are going to fight to stay up. They lost their entire team to Rome. Actually, Roma gave them a couple players. Richie made his permanent, his loan deal permanent, and Ricardo Marchizza from Roma. I mean, everyone might remember him. He was really good in the U-20 World Cups for Italy.
2: Ricky Ricardo.
0: You know, how are they going to respond to this plundering? If you had questions about EDF at Roma, have bigger ones about Christian Bucci at Sassuolo, their new coach. He's a first-time Serie A coach after taking Serie B side Perugia to fourth place. No EDF, no De Frel, no Pellegrini. And now that Mare's has fall through for Roma, maybe no Berardi. Bucci's gonna have to rely on his veterans to, you know, maybe get a mid-table finish. They have a Chirbi, Matri, Magnanelli, the captain, and Politano. I mean, even if Berardi stays, he has health problems. I mean, dude's off the chain, but he should have a question mark next to his name on Sassuolo's depth chart for multiple reasons, not only injury, but maybe he's gone. They have some young talent. You know, and Stefano Sensi honestly is the promising young Italian talent in the midfield, but you know, who there's another big who knows. All these ifs, I think it boils down to the coach. You know, will Bucci be past Sassuolo coaches like Allegri or EDF, or his you know, or is his destiny one day to be fired by Zamperini at Palermo? I'll
2: tell you, it's uh, Sassuolo. Gonna be an interesting story this year, and they've had some ups and downs. Now with their entire team just being dismantled, it's going to be really tough this year for them to stay up in Serie. Yeah.
0: Especially if Berardi goes.
2: Definitely if Berardi
1: goes. All right, up next is Udinese, up northeast. The little zebras. We got Marco for this one,
2: guys. Kevin lasagna. <laughs> I already told. What did I tell you about my favorite foods? Lasagna, <laughs> Japanese.
1: Thai. Thai. It wasn't lasagna, it was pasta. Yes. Yeah, it p- no, <laughs> I
2: said lasagna, and then it was uh, the bagel with locks.
0: <laughs> Marco's favorite foods are entire countries' cuisines. Yes.
2: I like carbs. <laughs> exactly. So exactly. Kevin Lazarus. Lasagna- I
0: like sustenance. <laughs>
2: Kevin Lasagna, after ending his loan with Carpi in Serie B, comes back to the Frioli with some more experience under his belt. And last year, he got 14 goals and 5 assists. It's not too bad for a 24-year-old with such a beautiful name. Uh, Udinese also brings in a pack of unknowns, uh, of which Bajic, the young Bosnian center forward, uh, was the most expensive. 5.5 million, 20 goals last season for Konyaspor. And konyaspor uh, sounds, like, yeah. sounds like something that you rub on your skin when you get psoriasis <laughs> or something. Well, honestly, the way money is now in football, that 5.5 mil, oh man, that seems like that uh, that quarter on the street that you only pick up for good luck, you know? But The average age of arrivals is 22.8 years old, if we want to get technical. Hey, God is in the details. And they spent around 19 mil, but according to transfermarket.com, they brought in an, a market value of around 40 million. Now, does that sound familiar, guys? I and mean, these guys are Shrewd, capital S H R E W D. That's how you spell it. Yep, that sounded pretty good. <laughs> and still, one of the few teams in Serie A who have managed to upgrade their stadium.
1: It still is amazing to me. This is another Serie A team that owns their stadium. I, I, we, somebody needs to do a case study on Udinese and how much money they bring in from their stadium.
0: It's all the cheap cigarettes across the border. Yeah, That's right. It's the source of everything.
2: And they actually did bring a uh, center back uh, from Anderlecht, uh, Bram Nuintik. Again, if you don't have a weird name, I don't think Udinese is going after you.
0: Yeah, uh, Bram Nuintik definitely sounds like uh, Dracula's nerdy younger
2: brother. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's good because they need to clean up the defense this year. I mean, they gave just way too many goals up. couple transfers, uh, Berrami also coming in from Watford, and Paoletti's uh, a big rumor from Napoli. Let's see what happens there. Uh Guys, just beat Frosinone and Copedalia. Italia. I know I keep saying these Copedalia Italia scores. I feel like I'm just uh, filling the void over it's here. March Madness. It's a bit of ways. <laughs> but guys, you know, again, I, I don't I don't want to have to say it again, but Lasagna's back. <laughs> and HDCT and Jake the Snake still yeah. there. Yeah, right. Wasn't that long ago that Toto Di Natale had this team dreaming of Europe and maybe our three-headed Hydra, along with some smart signings, can stun the Serie A this season. Maybe, most likely not. Right.
0: HDCT, Lasagna, Jake the Snake, Udinese bandwagon. We've but they lost to Zapata as well.
1: HDCT. That's, we got some characters back. So, Forza Udinese. All right, guys. Let's jump down to Fair Verona. We've got a new uh, derby, which I'm super excited about. Kievos up first in this one. Chievo Verona. at Hang the DJ. Favorite team, we know. This one is uh, just a geriatric ward. you got some serious old-timers here. Pellicier is 38 years old. Dinelli, 38. Gamberini, 35. They do have some youth with our favorite guy, Bobby English, Ricardo Inglese. He's only 25, scored a bunch of goals for him last season.
2: Still there. Amazing. Yep.
0: Happy Bring it, about bringing that. Bringing down their average age to, to like 35. To like
1: 33, 30. yeah, exactly. So uh, definitely old-timer day and Kiev will be interesting. But the thing I'm most excited for this team after b- being disappointed by their results last year, guys, because we, we were hyping them up pretty loudly uh, when we started Curve America. Uh, we got a new derby here with Hellas Verona, which is one of Marco's teams. Derby della Scala, Derby di Verona. I'm dreaming of Chievo picking up Cassano on a contract just to spite their crosstown rivals. Biggest story in Italy for that week. If it happens, guys, my question to you. Would you pick a a team to support in that scenario? Are you going with Kievo or Hellas if Kievo
2: picks up Cassano?
0: I'm going donks all the way, baby.
2: Right? Just for spite. Just for spite. You know who I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick the team that I do the research on. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think that would be a cool move. So October 22nd, guys, mark your calendars. There's Derby della Scala. We'll be there. All right. Marco, take the other half of Verona. What has Hellas
2: Verona done this this transfer market—they brought in some names. I'll say Martin Casares. is 30 years old now, but he was on Juventus two seasons ago. Yep. They brought in Hertaux. Hertau. I don't know. I just like that name.
0: It, it sounds. It sounds like uh, something that Harry Potter needs to find before the 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 whatever the Death Dealers are.
2: Yeah. 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 Yep, I... Green boy Verde comes in. Rome alone, and then Chirchi. He came over on a free transfer. What happened to Chirchi, man? Well, I mean, he was. Looking good a couple seasons ago. Then he went all over the world, and now he's back at Hellas, just just uh, just skid marking into to Verona. <laughs> they had basically netted two million to this transfer market so far, but definitely brought in some good pieces. And then there was the whole Casano saga that lasted all of fourteen days. Uh, I mean, this guy was more indecisive than a girl from that old show, My Super Sweet Sixteen. I'm sure there was plenty of those in New Jersey. To be real,
1: yeah, I I don't know. I certainly wasn't watching it. <laughs> I can't help you on this. My one, super right. sweet
2: sixteen. The girls are like picking between like a Ferrari and like a Jaguar. They're like sixteen years old. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Love that show. I used to... Anyways, Casano was uh, could very well have been on that show, uh, and he just <laughs> uh, really just like just. Kind of petered out. I don't know what he's doing now. He's probably sitting on the eating. beach he's eating some sweets. Eating. Now Hellas is looking for the Doppel Cassano. Some ideas being tossed around include Moise Keane. Wouldn't that be interesting? Diamanti from relegated Palermo. And then Lucas Boye, maybe from Torino. What do you think? Torino need to lose some more players? No, absolutely <laughs> yeah. not. The promoted teams, I think this is the strongest one. I think they're, they got some good reinforcements too. Really excited to see Hellas back.
1: Of the promoted teams, this is the strongest one for you. All right. It'll be interesting to see when we get to prediction time. With Syria
0: I. Team. I, I miss Luca Tony on this team though.
1: Yeah, right. That's a good good call there. Let's keep rolling, guys. We've got Bologna up next. Marco, another one of yours. Man, we like Marco. grouped this.
2: Yeah, Bologna. I mean, guys, you know, something about the teams that, you know, that I'm doing research on. It's like, it's almost as if I divvied these teams up. Uh, they, they got some some starters in uh, on this transfer window. And more importantly, you know they got some starters in the back. I think Gonzalez, De, de Mayo, even a, a lander coming over from Hellas, he could definitely be a potential starter in the back. And they just gave up so many goals last season that it's a good thing that they, they reinforced there. But they also reinforced uh, in the midfield getting Poli from Milan. I mean, for a while he was starting for them. And he's still considerably young. I don't know if you consider him young anymore. Um, But let's talk about some of these forwards that they're looking at and slash brought in. Because they got uh, Rodrigo, the Jedi Knight Palacio, looking like he's he's all but completed the transfer. I saw
1: him in a jersey. There's there's another... uh character for us guys this is the guy for if you need a visual Im- image out there guys uh this is the guy with the rat tail that's off-centered and like excessively long uh, the yeah, one little the Argentinian jer- jet yeah. night nightbraid. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah he's I Jackie Chan in Shanghai Noon <laughs> yeah remember when they cut it off and he goes wild
0: oh I'm gonna guess that Palacio wherever he walks has six or seven uh large dogs without leashes on
2: that's right he trains with a, a sash over his eyes <laughs> And he, uh, I mean, they're also looking at the bomber, by the way. So Cagliari, you know, man, they're, if they were to lose Borriello, Tad, would, would you even do research on them anymore? I don't even no, know. I
0: would actually uh, start a hashtag to immediately relegate them to Serie B. But he just, he just signed an extension. He's not going to Bologna.
2: I think the big question for Bologna is is what happens with Deso this season? Again, they're bringing in Palacio, so they got some depth up front, but... You know, is is this his last year to be considered a young prospect, or is he baloney?
0: Oh, he's that, that which is, by the it. way, the
2: American pronunciation of how Bologna is spelled.
1: It's All just right, just, Oscar like, Meyer, take it easy there. <laughs> needs to know that it's not said the right
2: way. All right, so yeah, it's a
1: good question uh, uh, on the young prospect forum. I don't know. I I think. Uh, It's a good opportunity. We'll certainly see him a few times with his shirts taken off. Seemingly, he takes it off every time he scores
0: a goal. Fewer and fewer times every season. The ship has sailed on Destro. Love
2: seeing that hairless chest. flying through the... the Cutting through the wind.
0: I think he shaves it off his chest and and glues it to his face.
2: (laughs) All right.
1: So that'll do it with Bologna, guys. I think the only two teams we got left are recently promoted and kind of oddball names that you don't hear often in Serie A, at least recently. We're going to start with Benevento. Tad, what have you got for them?
0: Ooh, I got Benevento. Uh, Benevento follow Carpi and Crotone in search of being the next Serie A darlings. The transfer stuff for them. I mean, they basically, their transfer mentality is like, oh, hey, bro, let me hold that player for you. Loans, <laughs> loans, loans. They got this guy, Lorenzo Venuti from Fiorentina. All you remember, Marco D'Alessandro from Atalanta. They got old man La- Danilo Caltaldi uh, from OTFR. They got Alexis Zapata from Udinese. And their best lone stars are striker and playoff game hero from them getting promoted to Serie R. Serie R. Serie A? Serie R. Serie, A? Serie, A? Serie A? Uh, George P- Puskas from Inter. And also from Inter, their goalkeeper, Vid Belek. So, yeah, I mean, they got a, a bunch of players on loan. You know, can they do it? Can they stay up? They have a goal scorer in Fabio Ceravolo who scored 20 in Serie B. That's great. Lapadula scored 27 in Serie B when he came up, and he had a tough time last year.
2: Now he's at Genoa.
0: Now he's at Genoa. They didn't lose players like Trump loses businessmen from his National Business Council, um, basically because they're built on loans. Uh, they defend their home stadium like a Serie A team. Uh, they have a coach in Marco Baroni that knows what to get out of them, but, and a big but, they finished fifth in Stadia B last year, and they made it up on a miracle. They should be out by midseason. Their only hope is we all said the same thing about Crotone, and maybe there are a few employees out there this year.
1: The last one of this uh, podcast is Spall, my team. First time back in the Serie A in 49 years. They're from Ferrara, which is over near Modena and Bologna. Actually, one of the oldest clubs in Italy, founded in 1907 by a bunch of priests at a monastery. Hashtag most Italian thing ever. And they seem to be spending money, guys. The Colombarini family, they're, they're looking to spend. Um, they got a young goalkeeper, Alex Moret, who has had national team call-ups for Italy last year. So that's cool for them. Um, but they seem like they're going for it. They got Poloski from Atalanta. There's rumors of Playboy Borello arriving as well, but Tad, you said he just signed again.
0: The rumors for Borello come because he goes to taste the local cuisine, and everyone is excited I, that I, he's coming to stay forever.
1: I agree. That feels like a little bit like Bug Dove to me uh number of less names from Udinese, Bologna, Torino, Napoli, Juve. They've got Serie A players on their team. So, in comparison to my croutons, they did pretty well this summer, Just going for some uh some real talent. So, I think Spal is a contender for at least staying up. Uh they they've played OTFR uh this upcoming uh, uh week 1, so we'll see uh how they do. Uh, it's the battle of two light blue jerseys, which in a red-blue combo uh, league like Serie A, it's nice to see that we got some color changes here. That sounds like a game that I don't want to watch. <laughs> yeah. All right. So there's the league, guys. Let's jump and finish this off with
2: the top four predictions. Who wants to start with there? Top four. Marco. Top four, right here. Hot take: Napoli, Milan, Juve, Roma.
1: All right. Mine, uh, I'm going to say Juve, Napoli, right on their heels. Mine is set up this way. The Juve, Napoli, that could switch just as easily as my next two Roma, Milan. Those two first two teams could go, and then the second, third, and fourth ones could just as easily switch as well. I also think Inter's going to be nipping at their heels, guys. What
2: kind of a prediction is that? Yeah, that's a that's a trash. That's like prediction. I that's like uh, saying all four teams are interchangeable.
1: No, I I think Juve and Napoli are going to be super close to each other with a big distance between Roma and Milan. Roma and Milan will be close to each other, and then Inter maybe nipping at their heels. But I I just don't. I think Roma's lost a step. I don't think it's going to be as close as it was. Was last season.
0: Well, with that being said, guys, I pick Roma to win the Scudetto this All year. All right, I think it's Roma's year. Um, I think that a wise the, choice. I think that I think that there's some of these acquisitions that are really going to surprise and they're going to offset um, the loss of Salar. Um, I think they're going to stay healthy. And I think their midfield dominates with that veteran leadership, and I think that Alison is going to be the man this year
2: because he's a good interviewer. <laughs> yeah,
0: and a, and a world class. Don Draper of the Serie A to boot. Um, Napoli, I have second. And just like Marco, I have Juventus dropping down to third.
1: Those big predictions for the podcast,
0: guys. And All the, the f- way to third. And my fourth place team is going to be Inter. Milan's going to have trouble with their coach. They're going to fire Montella by the break. And Spalletti is good enough. And if you look at them, with Cardi Krandeva, and Perisic, with the attack, Gagliardini, uh, Joe Mario. Maybe Schick. Maybe Schick. And their, their back line is not too bad either. I think they slide in the top four.
1: All right. So I think that you guys we're all all right. There's going to be more parity for sure in the Serie A this season, uh, especially up top. Let's jump down to the bottom three predictions. Who is going to get relegated?
2: Marco, you start again. Benevento uh, just, I think that there's just not enough information out there on them, so I think they'll <laughs> get relegated. I Didn't you hear me? I had a Bud Pearls for them. No, you did, you did, you did. But they're still going to get relegated because well, they barely you... got into Serie A. So.
0: And it also really depends on how they do in the Copa Italia.
2: Exactly. <laughs> Sampdoria, I, I hate to say it, um, maybe it's because I picked up Genoa as one of my teams, and uh, I just think that Sampdoria, just losing a bunch of pieces this year, who knows if they'll be able to hold on and then the last is the Croutons. Man, I really think that Croutons are going to be in bad shape this year. They lost Falcinelli. They, I don't know. They, they, what do they still do? they have Davide Nicola back from his bike ride yet? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah.
1: they've, they've got pride. They've got Southern pride. That's about it.
0: Though I'm going to go now. Croutons going down, man. Falcinelli is the only reason they were up. I hate to say it. Benevento is going to have a malavento of a season. They're going down. <laughs> and uh, Genoa. The trash is here. Genoa's trash is here. Uh, they should have gone down last year, to tell you
1: So it's uh, unanimous on the first team, Benevento. We all agree uh, it's just not their year. They're going to go right back down. Tad and I agreeing, Genoa. We're going to lose a derby, guys. Derby della Lanterna going away. Genoa's just, they were, they were real close to relegation last year, barely survived. I think they're going down after losing uh, Simeone. And then it breaks my heart, guys.
0: Wait a minute. You should have just wrapped this up because you and I picked the same three teams.
1: No, I don't. uh, I have
0: Benevento, Geno, and Crotone. You have Benevento, Geno, and Crotone.
1: So I'm right there with you, Tad. That's right. So Croton Nation, sorry to say, but the bottom half is a bit stronger this year. That's good,
2: guys. You can both be wrong. You know,
0: I talk a lot of trash about Chris Frost, but one thing I will say about him, he's a sharp guy.
1: That's right. That's right. Especially when we agree. So, guys, that will do it. Boy, that was a long podcast. Uh, 20
0: teams, though, man. Yeah. 20 teams. Got through
1: them all. Super excited for the season to start. We hope everyone out there picks a Serie A team. Tell us why you pick your Serie A team. If this is your first season following the league, by all means, hit us up on our social media. Again, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, you can hit us with an email at FabioCurveAmerica.com.
0: Subscribe, rate, and comment.
1: And looking forward to week one in the Serie A. Next week, we'll break down all 10 games. We hope you tune in again on our podcast. Again, uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud. Check it all out. Until next week, ragazzi, we say.
0: Looking forward to week one because it starts in 15 minutes. Yeah. But arrivederci.
1: Ciao. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, ciao.